How, how have you found, so from surfing back then to now, how have you found the boards have changed over the years? Oh, hugely, I think. Uh, the the weight of them as well, the uh, the way they're made with uh, mm-hmm. carbon, yeah. you know, that longboard there, super light. Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts, I'm Pete. And I'm Mitch, and on today's episode, another Wales episode, this, honestly, brace yourselves. Brace yourselves, because I think, Pete, tell me (laughs) if I'm wrong, we might have found somebody that can talk more than me. (laughs) I think we are. I think it was the um, introduce yourself, and 20 minutes later, we were still sat there, just like pissing ourselves laughing, because he just started, and he just went. (laughs) And the other guest didn't get a chance to introduce himself. So it's... (laughs) Anyone that's uh, listening, it's Pete and James from PJ Surf Shop in uh, Wales. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. What's it called? Um, I mean, absolute legends of surfing and legends of Welsh surfing for sure. Yeah. And honestly, what a day. We had so much fun, but let's uh, we'll come back to that at the end, shall we? Yeah, yeah. So here we go. I'm Jerry Lopez. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I wanted to be Jerry. I'm Pete Jones from Wales. Uh, I love surfing and uh, I went to school in uh, grammar school at Swansea and uh, discovered surfing when I was 17. That's when I started. And my life went from A to Z. (laughs) In a minute. (laughs) Exactly, it did. Um, You know, I was going to be a PE teacher. I went to Cardiff uh, College in 1967, and uh, that's when Gareth Edwards was there. He was a third year, I'm a first year, and um, I just started surfing in the summer before then, and I got hooked on it. Christ, I'm stuck in Cardiff, I can't go surfing, shit, what am I going to do? So after two months, I thought, I'm leaving. I don't want to be a teacher. I just want to be a beach bum. I just want to get a van. I had a little uh, minivan. I had a little car. And I thought, right, I'm going to do that. And I uh, went to the head of the department in Kincoid College, Cardiff. And I remember Eric, his name was, he said, uh, why are you leaving? He said, well, I just, I'm going surfing. This is 1967. What the hell is that? You do realise we have nine applications for everyone except here. I said, uh, I, I don't want to do it. I'm going. And I, I did. And, uh, you know, there were famous people. Uh, uh, Lynn Davis, the uh, Olympic gold medalist, was uh, the athletics teacher and whatever. Yeah. But I left uh, and I took up surfing. And now I'm here with my beautiful son, James, and uh, I'm getting out of bed, croaking like an old frog. But surfing is, I've always thought this, surfing is living. And uh, so for me, I want to keep doing it as long as I can. (laughs) But when I'm in the water, what's fantastic about surfing is put a wetsuit on, paddle out, and I feel your age, you know, for a while. I feel, feel 25 21. as well, yeah. Yeah, being, <laughs> being a little guy is quite yeah. advantageous. All the rugby guys my age um, 
one of the great uh, Welsh rugby players, J.P.R. Williams, who was in the college when I was there. And, um, you know, now I see him. He's fantastic. A legend, mm-hmm. true legend. You know, your knees are aching, and I'm lucky enough to be a paddle out, and I do a little bit of yoga every day, do a little bit of that. That's what I love about it. Well, yeah. that's an introduction. That is an introduction. That is an introduction. What? Your, is it? Yeah, that is oh, a hell of wow. an introduction. And your son's well, just gone to I, serve I, someone I in the awful. shop. But, um, yeah. But, so, how, yeah. so how did you go then from that well, to, to opening up this? When we, well, when we put out we were coming to Wales, people were saying, yeah. we said, who should we get? And 95% yeah. of them, your name was there. Did they? Yeah. yeah. Bloody hell. Yeah. Now you want to know who the I 5% gave the, was. I gave them a hell of a lot of money to do that. <laughs> so a pound a month. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I dropped out, really. I think for me, I was always looking for something in life to make you feel real life, to make you feel, I don't know, if I'm achieving something, my father who'd been in the war, uh, wanted me to get a real job. Mm, you know, when I left, he was really upset, left uh, college. He said, get a job, you know, I'll get you a job. And um, I remember he got me an interview in uh, Steel Company of Wales. Yeah in Port Albert, uh to be an accountant, right? So uh, I remember going for the interview. When I came back, I dropped out of college. I thought, oh, shit, I better try and get on with Dad and do this. And I walked into the office, the head office of the accountant, Steel Company Wales, behind a massive desk, the shape of a sort of curved arc. It was this big man, because I was 17, and, I, and he was... Well overweight, should we say? Well, well, well overweight. And he sat there, and he had a cigar in his hand, and he said, "Well, Peter, if you get this job, you could be sitting here twenty-five years where I am doing being the head of accountant." <laughs> so I looked at that. I did a sort of rigby uh, thing. I thought. No chance, no chance. <laughs> didn't say what came out of that. So I dropped out, and I, uh, me and my father didn't get on because my dad didn't like long hair, didn't like uh, something you didn't have a job. Yeah. Anyway, so I managed to uh, skimp to go surfing every day, didn't do a job. I thought, what can I do to uh, practice? I thought I wanted to get good at it. That's my ego, if you call it. But I had no money. So I thought, right, what can I do? I haven't got any money. Right, and I opened Surfer Magazine in 1969. This is a year later, a year and a half. And there was a picture of guys in California. uh, In Australia, the World Contest was on. And I thought, ooh, and the British team were in it. So I thought, right... Oh, I'd love to get in the British team. If I do that, I get a free trip to see the World Contest, which I did. Anyway, so I kept practicing and practicing. And I thought uh, I entered the Welsh in 1969. And it was here in Llangeneth. And I wasn't very good at it, but I got through a couple of heats. I thought, great, I'm good at this, I can do this. 
and then uh, in 1970, uh, I entered the Welsh in Aberavon, and it was lovely waves in Aberavon, and I got in the final, came fourth, I'm getting closer. And then in uh, 1971, it's the only year there was no Welsh, because there's nobody to organise it, or whatever. And then 1972, the Welsh was here in Llangeneth, and I won it. Uh. And that kicked me off. I thought, yeah, I thought I can win this. Yeah, right. And then I won S72 right through the 70s. I won. I thought you were going to uh, say 71, you won it first of no, all. That story was going on. Anyway, so uh, I thought, and then I entered the British in Watergate Bay in yeah, the corner. Yeah. And I got in the team to go to California in 1972, San Diego. The first proper world contest I'd ever been. And for me, the best I've ever seen since. Because there were no um, pro surfers then. There were no pro surfers. So the world contest uh, was all the Hawaiian team were all the best. All the Aussies were all the best. Yeah, and right. All the South Africans the best. Uh, we turned up in San Diego, me, uh, uh, Chris Jones, uh, who sadly died a year ago, uh, Graham Nile, uh, Gordon Burgess from Jersey, and uh, Steve Harewood and me. And uh, it's an old picture of us and uh, Huntington Beach, and I forget that. Fantastic. But uh, the older you get, the more better it gets. But uh, we stayed in a hotel, and the first, uh, we all walked in, and it was red carpets, right? I thought, shit, this is an expensive hotel. And I was staying with our, um, in the room, where there were two rooms split between the teams, so there was two, 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 two. And I was with uh, Tony Howe, who died a few years ago as well. He was a team manager. And we all went in, and we were booking in. There were surfboards everywhere. It was fantastic. Who's that? You know? And uh, we went upstairs, and uh, me and Tony were in this room that was like five-star to me. Mm-hmm. And we were really hungry. So I said, Steve, look at the, there's a menu here in the room. So he said, let's order it. So he ordered lobsters and all stuff. And there's a knock on the door in the hotel. So I opened the door. In comes the waiter with a silver thing. This is for you. Great. This is all free. Fantastic. It's all free. So Tony and I ate like pigs, right? <laughs> then Red's brother, who was the, the big tea manager, had called us meet you in the foyer. We've gone out for tea. We've gone out for a meal. Tony and I get it. Well, we've just, we just had food. We just ordered it in the hotel. He said, well, it's not free. We have food out of the hotel free. The hotel is free. The beds are free, but not the food. So shit. So <laughs> we looked what we'd ordered. It was a lot of money, but they let us off. But so it brought a lot of things. And I remember this old guy. So when I went up the lift, there was a South African guy. And I said, hi, man, how you do it? And I said, oh, okay. What's your name? It said, Pete. Uh, he said, oh, I'm Gavin Rudolph, who just won a major contest. Mm. Um, uh, so it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, one night uh, we were there. Steve Howard from Jersey, uh, we, we all got on, Steve and I, a little bit similar in fun time. 
Steve said it was about 11 o'clock at night and there's a knock on my room. Tony was asleep. He said, Pete, there's a party upstairs, he said. Do you want to come? He said, yeah, yeah, okay. So off we went. Loads of the others were asleep because it was getting late and whatever. Up we went, the elevator up to the top of the hotel. Got out the elevator, you know, lovely thick carpet, so lovely long. You could hear music in the distance. The smell in the air. In the corridor was strong. <laughs> so Steve and I go to the room. I said, what number room is it? 320 or whatever. Door open. Boom! There's music everywhere. And it was Jerry Lopez and Jeff Hackman's room in the oh, hotel. Yeah. So in I go. Steve, they were all there. There was uh, the Nielsen brothers. There was uh, Rick Nielsen and Paul Nielsen from Australia. There was, I like, sat on a sofa, a plonk. I went down. To my right is Mike Purpose, who uh, still serves uh, like a Californian guy. Mm-hmm. They were everywhere. And, you know, it was a lot of, you know, yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then the door opens, Corky Carroll comes in, boom, sits there. So I always look back at that. For that to happen today is almost impossible for all the um, the world's best in Hawaii, the world's best in Australia to all be together. The British best would be uh, Luke De- Russell Winter, one of the best ever. You know, I think it, it would never happen again. Mm. Surfing yeah. uh, has started to make money for the surfers as well. We weren't making money. Yeah, then. All yeah. of us, all of them had surf shops. Ricky Nielsen made boards. Jerry Lopez made boards. Jeff Hackman was, you know, doing stuff. Uh, you know, short started doing that, Quicksilver. Yeah. But yeah. so that's missed, that purity of uh-huh. it. Do you, do you know what I I'm, loved I'm dying about this? To know. No, no, no. no. no what I've so. loved about this is that when we came in, <laughs> you were like, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about. And all we've asked you to do is <laughs> introduce yourself. James has been away and served two customers. I'm slightly older than I was <laughs> when he started talking. <laughs> and, and we I, haven't said a thing yet over here. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I want to know how you, uh, how you got on in that competition out there as well. Well, not very good. <laughs> I I rode a uh, Roger Mansfield from Cornell, his old board I bought, which is a pintail, um, six two, I think, single fin. And it, uh, first round, I came fourth, I think. In fact, first heat, yeah, they were in the foyer of the uh, hotel. And we were all looking at the heat, so I thought, shit, what heat am I in there? Heat 24 or something, loads of heat. I looked at the top, it said Pete Townend, Australia, and he's quite a bit younger than me. He ended up being world champion. Jerry Lopez, Hawaii. Pete Jones, Great Britain. Christoph Borden, our France, French champion, and there was a New Zealand guy, can't remember. But I thought, shit, here I am in the circuit against Jerry Lopez in the first heat. So really, I, I remember it was at Oceanside, and the waves were fantastic. And, you know, when you're talking about it, was only 22 then, but that's quite old modern terms, but Jerry was 24. And he's the one that I thought of admire the most of all the surfers in his whole p- 
son if uh, what surfing means to him and me now, you know. Anyway, I put my vest on, I think it was in yellow, and he was just not far away, put in a uh, it's a blue shirt on. This was the day before we went to the party, by the way. The other. Yeah. Anyway, and I looked at him and he came, he came straight over to me. He said, hey, man, like Gavin Rudolph said, he said, what's your name? I said, I'm Pete. He said, I'm Jerry. And I said, you know, and we all, I thought, fucking hell, that's great. You know, he just said hello, you know. <laughs> I would have been like, I'm Jerry. That's where Kelly Slater got his handshake yeah. from. Right? <laughs> yeah, but uh, so really, I parted out. I came forth in that. I had to go in a rep charge and I came second. I got knocked out. But it was still, it was, if you were a loser there, it was different mm. than being a loser now. The losers now, some of them, I've seen them, bring their boards and stomp on them. And, and it's all to do with money, which is, you've got to get rid of that. You could be one of the best surfers, stay there, don't do it for money. Yeah. Do it because you love it, and that's it. Do you know what, what I'm curious about before we get you to introduce yourself? Um, oh, you found yourself competing with you know iconic names like yeah. that. Did One, did you feel like you deserve to be competing with them people or were you well, or did you just see them as another surfer in the lineup? Like, uh, you know? um, well I felt uh, I was deserved. I don't feel that I was lucky, mm. but I've always felt lucky, I think, in life. Do what you love and there's no such thing as luck. It'll come to you then if you're a great artist, don't do it for money. But if you love it, you'll become a famous artist. If you're so do it for that. Um so really, for me, uh, I when I said the uh, World Contest in nineteen seventy two, that was the start for me. Really, then I wanted to win the British. I thought I I competed. I want to keep doing it. Yeah. And um, then I went to Hawaii in nineteen seventy six, and. Me and Graham Nile, only two of us in it, in the amateur Smirnoff. And that was great. And I, I met people that, famous people, not all of them, are just like me, really. They're better at surfing, but mm. the whole attitude towards it. And I remember uh, Nelly made the final of the amateur. I came first in the first round with uh, Buttons, Kulani's friend, Mark Liddell, uh, equal first. I thought, shit, that's great. I, I'm through. And then uh, in the semis, uh, there's one thing about it I still love. I didn't wear a leash. This is 1976, because all the Hawaiians, uh, then, mm -hmm. if you walked out the beach with a leash on, Hey man, you're a kook, man. You know, you're a kook. Oh, fuck, you know. So, took a leash off and I rode a seven foot seven creamed honey, uh, all red board. But I'd never ride in Britain. Right. But at Sunset Beach, it was fantastic. It was just, but I'd never walk it past the crowd. They're all there. And I heard a shout from the stand. Uh, Pete! I turned around. Good luck, man. And that was Rabbit Kekai, one of the most famous, uh, who was manager. He, he wished me good luck. And I thought, God, that's, that's uh, all I need is yeah. that. Uh, anyway, I was doing really well, but then I lost my board and I ran out of time and didn't make the final. But all of the picture, you know, it's just, I, 
It's like, and the ego is so different. Like Ben Iper pulls up, Ben Iper makes uh, Iper surfboards, uh, invented stingers. Mm-hmm. And I made a little film. I had a Super 8 camera. And I remember walking over to him. People say, hey, don't mess with Ben, you know, fuck, you know, look at what, you know, shit, man. Shit, this is. So, uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello, I'm from where's my name's Pete. Uh, can, uh, can I take a little film of you? Uh, can I, do you mind me filming you? And he, he turned around and he said, yeah, man, that's okay. And uh, that was fantastic. Got a little film of him pulling his board out the van, you know. But so I have been lucky enough to mix in a different place because now it's different. In fact, I've actually had people come in here, right? Shops, I'm so old, young people. Mm-hmm. And they all know Kelly Slater, they know uh, Gabriel Medina, they know Toledo, who are talking about that. And they say, Oh, have you, have you surfed? Uh, have you surfed a long time? They say, Yes, I have. Yeah. Oh, great. Who do you know then? So I say to some of the new customers, have you heard of Terry Lopez, Jeff Hackman, uh, Nat Young, Wayne Lynch? No, never heard of them. I fucking know. That's what, <laughs> that's what it fucking is. That's shit. That's what it is. There's a bunch of, of old surfers and we're all, maybe that's when you get old. You think you're, you think you're in the right same place, but we're not really yeah you drift backwards but i'm lucky enough to still work because lots of people my age are retired or whatever and i uh able to mix with the new stuff and most of it's lovely it's lovely but um for me now when i was young i hated longboarding right because i had a short single thin six yeah. foot uh, i loved those Longboarding now, I've got to tell everybody this because I know it can be dangerous, but surfing a longboard with a leash is horrendous if you're good at it. Because you walk up to the front, mm-hmm. you turn around, you want to do a headstand, they get in the way, they are a pain in the ass. Obviously, people say they could be dangerous, but so many learners now jump off their board at the end of the ride in white water. They don't learn to kick out. Mm. Whereas in my era, all of us, we didn't have leashes for five years. And all the oldies, they know how to kick out. They, they jump over their boards. So it's a little bit about I think that. it's kind of... Short board is different. That's great. Where at yeah. least feet are stuck. Long boarding in a contest. Mm. If it's huge, you've got to wear a leash. But if you ride one to four foot waves with a, a long board without a leash it's magic I'll and go home now then <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm, no. not, I'm not being a, I'm not saying to begin don't, don't do it without a leash until in your mind you know you can handle it you're good enough you know well that's what I was going to say it kind of sounds a bit similar to maybe a, a beach lifeguard course and you know if you lose yeah. the board that's yeah. a big no-no. Yeah. And almost that the respecting of your equipment. Yeah, if that's the sure. culture you know, yeah. and you know you're you're going to kick yeah. out with your board, or yeah. you're going to keep the board with yeah. you the whole time. Yeah. It's a bit different to what's yeah. probably going to happen in an hour. We'll go for a surf down there after yeah. here. Pete's first waves. You know, I'm going to go no leash. Yeah. You'll be back up here asking <laughs> yeah. to borrow a board. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. It will. <laughs> I, I, too wet. Uh, the waves are 
big windy or whatever or if I was in California and there was hundreds you know but it's a leash with a longboard it's like driving a car with the brakes slightly on or wearing a condom <laughs> or not it's a, it's a hell of a it's quite a difference in in fun, there's quite a difference in fun. Good analogy. <laughs> sorry, about that. <laughs> so, see it coming, but so, it's a good analogy. Sorry, but there's a hell of a difference, <laughs> and, and I do love looking at the old films before me, the 1950s. Um, Mickey Dora, I'd love to have met him, and uh, people like that. I think it was fun and. There were loads of contests all over the world, but it was all because surfing made you feel alive, and loads of them didn't work and stuff, but they fit us. Yeah. Fit us. Well, I was going to say, to introduce yourself and how you got here, but after that last comment, we already know how you got here. <laughs> <laughs> you just wake up, hang on. Jane, oh, because James, I love him to bits. The day I won the European title or something. Oh, I hope you know this already. <laughs> You're about to find it out. Yeah, yeah I do know that. Oh. <laughs> I don't uh, remember it. I, th- la, la, la. <laughs> I won't tell you. But I think, uh, yeah, somebody rang me and uh, my lovely wife, Carolyn, um, had, had a son. I thought, shit, I remember Linda Sharp coming in and uh, got drunk as a coot the day before the final. And uh, I remember, she felt happy, you know, when you when you have a little child, and it's a boy. Like I got a lovely daughter as well. I love her to bits. And when I paddled out in the fight, I felt relaxed, determined, and I was on form. I come back from Hawaii and whatever. So I. I knew, I thought, I'm going to win this. And a good friend of mine, Steve Daniels, a lovely guy, uh, came second. Uh, we always, I don't know, so I was lucky enough. So I think James helped, you know. Uh, well done, James. It's a good way to introduce yourself. <laughs> I, I, I thought, uh, for a minute, I thought that story was going to go into how you were conceived, the when and where. That, that's exactly <laughs> what I thought it was going to happen. <laughs> that's what we both thought. Well, <laughs> well, that's a love story. That's, cause that's when, another hour. <laughs> do you want me to shut up? No, no. no. Well, I think there's when, only one person that wants you to, but it's not us. <laughs> when I... Uh, in 1973, uh, it was he- I'd won the West twice then, and uh, I used to practice down here in Llangeneth. We're well, talking about surfing, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so I was practicing, <laughs> came over the dunes one day, and uh, Carolyn, my wife now, is coming over the dunes, and, uh, you know, I thought, bloody hell, she's bloody good looking and lovely and got lovely eyes, and I said... Hi. <laughs> uh, she said hello. And anyway, I thought I was with a friend of mine who lives in Australia now. Phil Hayward lives out there. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, anyway, I thought, Christ, she's lovely. And I was engaged to another girl. I was engaged to be married. So every, I practiced here for a week every day. The waves were really good. Came down every day. Every day I came down. Carolyn was walking on. I didn't know her name then. So... Uh, didn't know her name then, 
And one day I just couldn't stop myself. I said, hey, hey do you want a date? So uh, I said, yeah, and that was it. Um, I told her, i got to tell you something. I, I'm engaged to another girl, but I don't know, you know. Stuff's going on upstairs in your head and downstairs in the basement, you know. And uh, you think, shit. Uh, so, uh, anyway, so we're still together. We got married, and my lovely wife... Uh, uh, the day we got married, so when I came back from Hawaii, she asked me, I said, yeah, okay, so we lived together for three years up till then, so, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit of a non-believer in love, in marriage, in you don't own anybody when you're married, it's different, and uh, anyway, the day we got married, I said, right, we'll get married, but we won't tell anybody, she said, fine, fine, we just do it, let's just get married. So in the morning, I surfed Langland. Yeah. We were in Swansea Registry Office at two o'clock in the afternoon. And then we were in Aberavon at four o'clock and surfed again. So we spent no money, came back, told her mother and father, we've got married. And they were the very bohemian, her mother and father, Yogi. They were stoked. They loved it. And my mum and dad. So we got married, cost at zero, and still together. Amazing. We've been together for 100 years. It's <laughs> well, uh, we've been together for 50 years. Wow. wow. And, uh, you know, that's the uh, way life goes. I believe life has big, you think you're going down a road, and a big hiccup comes in sometimes to everybody, all of us, mm-hmm. bang, and you shoot in the other direction. Yeah. That's what surfing did for me. You know, I was going to be a PE teacher, bang, surfing, no, bang. So I always think, you know, follow what you love. I love to surf, I love my wife, and I love my family, and I talk, talk a load of bollocks sometimes. <laughs> but... Uh, no, but Anyway. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So you you must have grown up in this shop. Uh yeah, pretty much. Um my name's James. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here for ages. I've seen some old man waffling on. <laughs> so yeah, so obviously the day I was born, my dad won the European title. So um I spent a lot of time when I was, you know, really young going to france with them and like traveling around contests scotland ireland in in the van wherever so i pretty much started surfing i don't know really about four or five years old just messing around playing around but not really seriously until i was about 10 years old but that was mainly due to equipment back then you know there wasn't really great kids winter wetsuits and even though we had a shop. It was still difficult to find yeah, right. find equipment. But, um, you know, Andy Sherlock from Second Skin made me my first custom wetsuit when I was little. So, my, you know, I could get in a bit more than more than others. And obviously living by the beach was able to sort of follow in his footsteps. But uh, now I did feel pressure on you, James, as well. Because I say to your children, there's loads of famous people who are famous rugby player of a son i don't i never wanted james to think he's gonna try and achieve you know be a champion like his dad mm. you know, don't do it because of that do it because you love it and james won the Welsh twice you know 
Yeah, open man. Yeah. better than I was anyway. You were uh, but, telling us earlier uh, about the how how many. Uh, yeah, I'd won. I won everything from like under fourteen upwards, and I'd you know British champion, British schools, Welsh schools, but it, it there was quite a jump in. Um, there was a bigger gap between junior and open surfing yeah in my day really there was a few crossovers like russell winter and people like that that excelled massively and you know russell won everything i think vaughney was probably the only person to beat him up in in fraserburn in the british um so there was quite a step up from junior to 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 men in my day Whereas nowadays, if you're not winning the open men's when you're 18 or 19, you might as well go to yeah. college because, you know, you it's too late yeah, almost. Yeah. It's, it's, no, it's sure. got younger, you know, even though you've got people like Slater and all that lot that are way older and mm. still on tour, surfing has got younger, you know. Absolutely, um, yeah. Totally, so... But no, I, I used to play cricket a lot when I was younger, but I started surfing then and competing and you know took over and then i got picked up by quicksilver when i was 14 and responsible for them for like 16 years or something well yeah. so i went to france went to south africa competing and you know various other places but um i didn't manage to i had i had, i had a few years out of competing in my early 20s just because i got a bit fed up with it all and then made a bit of a comeback and then won the welsh i think in 2006 possibly I think then we were the first father and son to have been national oh, champion, right, okay. you know, open yeah. champions. Oh, amazing. But, so uh, we've actually won the same amount of Welsh titles, but I've won them in different divisions, whereas dad's won all of his, you know, in, in the one. But yeah. I think the only reason he won everything is because they were all stoned back <laughs> in those days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. well. yeah, that brings back memories. <laughs> yeah, and Steve Howard in San Diego. We uh, we left the hotel. We were staying in a motel, Ocean Beach, and we wanted some food. <clears throat> so uh, Steve said, "Go and get some burgers." So off I went. Outside the burger shop in Ocean Beach, California, uh, two guys come up to me. You know, this is seventy-two. You know, long hair everywhere. We're all long haired. So uh, two of them look at me and he say, hey, man, do you want to buy some stuff, man? I said, no. He said, what do you mean, man? You want to buy some stuff? We got some uh, good stuff. We got some Colombian gold. No, I don't smoke. <laughs> you don't smoke? <laughs> they burst out laughing and walked <laughs> off. It's like so a scene out of Cheech and Chong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did have a go. I, I, I did try it once or twice, but I don't need it and uh you know but it was it was fun anyway loads of my friends like a spliff that's fine you know it's, it's not not a big deal or not you know yeah. the thing i can't get past is i've never held so much of a transition between an american and welsh accent yeah. in my life and <laughs> well, it's, got, it's brilliant i've got <laughs> such a croaky old voice at the moment i can actually talk in an indian voice very well too. <laughs> but i've never been to india at all but um <laughs> No, I uh, I look back. I, I do lucky enough to. Uh, if you guys were with me, it, it, it's so different. It's yeah. just it's a uh, it wasn't um, a sport. Yeah, uh, that's the other word. Mm. I uh, don't like. It's a way of life. Yeah. Whereas young kids now, they're a bit unlucky because it is a sport. 
they train to be a prosurf, uh, do this, do that, do this, do that, do 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 do. Uh, so I did it in the beginning because I just, I, it was an addict, really. I am an addict. If I'd been an alcoholic addict, like I am with yeah. surfing, yeah. I'd be dead. Yeah. Uh, like any other stuff. So <clears throat> really, I think it's uh, it's a way of life. And one thing I hate about it is localism. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah because the numbers everywhere you go in the world now is busier, 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 busier. Yeah. But I think I'm going to blame the internet because of it. Because when computers, the internet came along, Mm. what word did they use to go on the internet? Surf the internet. I remember that word coming out. I thought, well, can't they have, you know, jog the internet or (laughs) climb climb the internet or... Something Leave like that. Cyber surfing. So, yeah. so, not that it's just that, but it's yeah. the word. So people yeah. living in London who don't surf. The word surf. Some people think, oh, what's that word? Surfing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's used with advertising everywhere. It is lovely. If you can earn money at it. Yeah. But you've got to be a real surfer. So the ones who are not full of localism or aggression, you go in the water to relax, yogic, to chat, um, and that's how it was years yeah. ago. Yeah. So how, how have you found, so from surfing back then to yeah. now, how have you found the boards have changed over the oh, years? Hugely, I think. Uh, the the weight of them as well, the uh, the way they're made with uh, mm-hmm. carbon, yeah. you know, that longboard there, Super light. I mean, in the old days, they were heavy. They were ten millim, ten ounce cloth. Super heavy. Yeah. Um, and in the old days, you sort of had to learn how to ride the board you liked because they were all thick. Some yeah. of the twin fins that were invented in nineteen seventy, I think. Fins were dead straight, and boards were thick, and. Uh, the wide point was forward in the board. Now they're more backward. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so there were lots of bits of that. That, are, uh, But I, if you liked a board, you learned how to ride it. But now they're so uh, technically perfect. Yeah. Um, I like boards hand-shaped, yeah. really, by a shaper. Like Bob McTavish in Australia yeah. makes boards and... Uh, in Hawaii, I like it all like that. Even a board with um, a board with a little glitch in it still works. You know, yeah. you learn how to write it. Yeah. So yeah. there are bits of that, but the modern technology is unbelievable. Yeah. Do you think yeah. had you <coughs> had Excuse a board yeah. when you started out? If you had, you know, <coughs> access to something like this yeah. amazing skin dog piece, yeah. uh, peacemaker yeah. here, yeah. Do you think that would have changed your surfing really quickly from the start? Uh, Do you think you would have progressed better? Yeah, when the uh, the guy who won the world title in uh, seventy two, uh, Larry Bleas from Hawaii, was riding a twin fin, mm-hmm. and I saw a pintail single fin, yeah, which was stiff, and you know, and he would ride. I think it's about five foot eleven, a little uh, twenty, and David Nuiva righted it as well. Um, 
so yeah, we in the U, in Britain then. I think surfing was we were learning from all the other countries. You yeah. know, boards would come in, and Chris Jones and Bilbo would say, "Oh, look at that! We'll uh, make a, a different type of board." And um, so we were following the others. Now in Britain, Skin Dog Sports are fantastic, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's achieved uh, huge results. He has, but I think. In Britain, our waves generally uh, suit longboarding more than shortboarding. Yeah, really. Not all of Britain, but in uh, no, Ireland, generally, yeah. In Ireland, Scotland, you get big hollow waves, but it's colder in Hawaii. It's hot in uh, South Africa. It's warm. You get you learn how to ride a barrel with baggies on. <laughs> Scotland, you learn how to ride a barrel with a hooded wetsuit, boots and gloves on. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a difference between the level you get to quick. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with us here, <coughs> excuse my crow, it's getting worse. Uh, <laughs> with us here, when the waves are a foot or a foot and a half, you can go in a long body, you can twiddle around and do all the stuff, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I think... Um, you know, modern technology with longboarding, that's Skin dogs achieved incredible mm-hmm. things. So did Russell Winter shortboarding from Newquay to get in the WCT level. Yeah. Living in Britain, you know, I know he travelled a fair bit. To do that is fantastic, you know. And I think it's them early days as this a surfer so. that really moulds your progression. Yeah. I think you have to have it from a young age you, to you get do. to that level. Yeah, and you've got to have a competitive head in yeah. you know, as well to achieve stuff. Um, you know, loads of guys I've seen around the world who are fantastic surfers, but don't know their name. Yeah. They're not competitive. Yeah. Whereas I was competitive mm-hmm. for until 1983 when I won the Welsh for the eighth time uh, I, I thought that's it I don't want to do any more I sort of my head went backwards I thought right, okay. I love surfing I don't want to compete anymore uh, I want to retire now <coughs> excuse me and, uh, and I did and I always think similar things about money surfing people fame surfing I do wish, for me, Kelly Slater is the best surfer there's ever been, no doubt, I think. Mm-hmm. He should have retired when he won the 11th world title, I think. Ah, there's a reason for that, Kelly, though, isn't there? Kelly, man, you're well, the best. Why he should have retired, though. No, there's a reason why he hasn't. It's because he's staying on tour, he gets to surf the best waves in the world with one other person in yeah, the water. Yeah, well, that's true. That's so, you know, and if he picks up the odd result, like the Pipe yeah. Masters he won yeah. before, yeah. fantastic. But I think yeah. that is his only... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His his determination yeah. is only to stay on tour, yeah. oh. so he can go and surf the best waves in the world yeah. on his own. Yeah, like Maybe the time a... he surfed trestles oh. when the yeah. there was um, I can't remember who it was pulled out because he was not well or he was sick yeah. or got injured. Trestles was six to eight foot. It was a forty minute heat, yeah. and Slater said, "No, I want to yeah. go in," and he went in and surfed all on his own. Yeah. 
because oh, he said right. this. Yeah, this he a, yeah, because yeah, yeah. he said this will never happen in it's my lifetime yeah, right. ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I totally so, agree with you with that. So chase, that, that and I that's think, a good enough yeah. reason on its yeah. own. Yeah. That's, that that's, the only, that's the only reason. Yeah, I'm I do sure agree, Jay, Totally with that because in my day, to be at Sunset Beach, water cleared, six of us paddled out. You know, in uh, South Africa, six of us paddled out. Yeah, you're right there, I think. But if I was 11 times world champion, I don't know. I'd, I'd like, when you see who you think is the best ever, lose a bit. You mm. get older, lose a bit. Yeah. But maybe if they clear the water for a contest, maybe I'm going to make it come back then. But don't you <laughs> yeah, think on it? Shit. Yeah, look, shit. Skinner now, he's in Malibu now, and he's going to be surfing Malibu all on his own yeah. or with yeah. one other guy yeah. and you've got yeah. priority now yeah. so even mm. when yeah. you've got the other guy in there you can still take any yeah. wave you want So, so don't you think there's a part though as well that you know, we've, we've already said that about you know surfing is very much a young person's sport especially at that level and yeah. you have to be so young to start to even get to that <coughs> level but I quite like to see that somebody like Kelly it's not like he's going on tour and flop and he's guy. still very much holding his own oh, he's yeah. winning events here and he's doing, making finals semi-finals so yeah. on like I think it's good to show yeah. that you can and you, still and you hate to it. see it Formula mm. One's a great example Formula mm. One drivers retire come back and they yeah. just don't have it yeah. anymore yeah. Yeah. but right. he's still got it and he's yeah. still doing it maybe not as he did yeah yeah, yeah he's know. still a bit he, he's starting to look a bit dated though I think mm. yeah you know, when you see the old clips it's come up of him in his like prime, yeah, there's a definite zip to his surfing that has disappeared now. But yeah, that's, I think we'll I'm not surprised think by that. But. He was the best, though, anyway. If he'd have gone mm. and came back and you hadn't seen Kelly, you'd know it. You'd know, yeah. Yeah. You're not going to mm. watch him paddle out and look 10 years gone or whatever. You'd yeah. think, fuck, he's still fucking brilliant at it. Mm. He always yeah. will be. It's like, when you've earned that much respect, you don't have to keep doing it to keep that respect. You always will have it. You know, I think if you're a yeah. true champion, you'll always have it. Like, yeah. uh, you know, loads of others, Mark Richards, Tom Carton. You yeah. know, uh, um, you've got you've got certain names throughout, like like if yeah. you said skateboarding would be Tony Hawk, and then yeah. you've got yeah. Beer Maxin, Matt Hoffman. Yeah. These names that yeah. yeah pioneered and yeah. were it was right people yeah. right time yeah. everything yeah. changing and yeah. they were the head of it at yeah. that time and still yeah. are totally yeah. yeah. now isn't yeah. it you know still incredible yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what you said before as well about you know young people coming in and not knowing who these names are so this might please you but we had the guys on from surfable scotland oh, yeah. uh, way back in february and Kelly Slater was playing golf at the yeah. uh, oh, Open yeah. in St Andrews, right? Which yeah. obviously he won. That's why he plays. Yeah, because he would win. He doesn't do anything if he wouldn't win. Yeah. Move established. <laughs> um, and Kelly ended up going to West Sands, which is the spot on the golf course. It's a good surf spot. And he went and gave Surfable some time. Yeah, and just helped out to drums and stuff. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. So yeah. My, a good mate of mine, Rue, uh, who's one of the instructors there at Surfable Scotland, they were like getting Wave photos. Project Scotland. Wave Project Scotland. Wave Project Scotland. Surf Able. So, sorry, yeah, sorry. Wave Project Scotland, yeah. Anyway, so they were getting pictures with Kelly and Kelly was showing all these little groms how to pop Fantastic. up and all this stuff. But the yeah. best thing about it is none of the kids knew who he was. They didn't have a clue because they've got into yeah. surfing yeah, for now. you know yeah. mental health reasons and yeah. stuff like that, yeah. not yeah. because they've grown up with surfing sort of yeah. stuff. So they're like, who's this old guy? Yeah, that's <laughs> lovely. <laughs> What's lovely about that? It's what you telling me that Kelly didn't say to them, you know who I am, do you? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So it's fun. That's the bit that makes, 
you know, Kelly, Kelly. Makes him great, yeah, yeah, yeah. really. Yeah. But you know what, as well, you're right, it wasn't that. Because he, when he's, play, you know, going between holes, yeah. like, oh, every surfer in Scotland's pretty much at West Sands Beach trying to walk with Kelly. But a lot of my mates do. They go meet him and they walk the, the, the sure. course with him. And he's just showing them crazy clips yeah. of surfing that yeah. he's not pu- published Fantastic. yet and stuff. Yeah. And it, like, yeah. The guy's giving them so much yeah. time. Yeah. Like, yeah. It seems yeah. like humble, but yeah. I've also heard a lot of people say he's an arsehole yeah. in real life yeah. as well. So I don't, yeah. I've not met him, so I don't yeah. know. Yeah, he did notice when you're old, if you lose, do you get angry or not? Because I saw him in a contest not long ago, angry at himself for not beating the other guy. Well, I thought, there's no need to be angry, Kelly. You're still the bloody best if you mm. lose and come out. Yeah, he to stamped me. on his boards, didn't he? And yeah. Bells, I think, was it? So oh. that's where competition... In the changing room. Yeah. yeah. Of the bells. modern competition stuff, there is, it's always got that little bit of aggression was the old contest 50s 60s into the mid 70s kept it just oh I got knocked out man come on let's go and have a beer or whatever so it is different so I have a slightly different approach so the reason that I don't get annoyed when I lose is because I've never won and if you never win you don't know what it's like to lose so I don't win because I don't want to know what it's (laughs) like to lose (laughs) (laughs) it's not the mindset you want to have going into a a I'll never be disappointed (laughs) (laughs) well really it's an old saying which is a bit cliche the best surfer is the one having the most fun yeah and really, that's so bloody true. If you get knocked out, but mm. you've had a good little surf, doesn't matter. Just you feel good. You've had a good workout. And that's where the purity of it is. Yeah. But that's come because the better you are, the more you have, the more expectation you have when you have a surf. Yeah. Absolutely. I think so. Obviously, you know, if you're a good surfer and you go and you have a shit surf, you're not yeah. having the, the most fun. Whereas. Yeah. When you're learning, yeah, and people just want to be in the sea, they're the ones buzzing off it. Absolutely, yeah. It, it, you know, and it's all the old sweats being miserable <laughs> yeah, and having exactly, a go at them for yeah. not knowing where they should be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, what, what about like this place then? So, how did this come about? How did it end up? You, how yeah, long? Is, how long? Is, how long have you been here? Have you been here since We've you started? We've been up here since uh, nineteen ninety four. Ninety three. We were down the road. We had a little shop uh, down the road in nineteen. 19- 83. But you started uh, in 1979. 79 from a house I started thinking, mm. right, i got to start earning a living. Yeah. Uh, um, Fund his drug habit. Hotel lobster. Weed was expensive <laughs> in those days. Yeah. <laughs> the the yeah. weed and the lobster from California was an import cost that he just couldn't manage. <laughs> <laughs> But I thought, I've got to earn some money. And I thought, well, in those days, I knew where to get wax and mm. leashes and started doing that. And yeah. then, uh, lucky enough to buy a house down the road. And really, the old days is totally different to the new days because I had no money, totally broke. And I uh, it's a little shop down the road and a house going up for sale. Anyway, I thought, God, i got to buy this. This is the best spot to have a little shop. And we went to the bank in Mumbles, Midland Bank. You would never be able to do this now, right? So I go in and I uh, met the manager, Mr. Jones. He was another Jones. He said, hello, what do you want? I said, well, uh, I need a mortgage to buy a house out here in Uh He said, 
what job do you do? I said, I'm not working, I'm just starting. He said, oh, um, I'll come down and have a look. So he drove down and had a look. The manager from the hotel, I was going to say, from the bank, yeah. <laughs> came down and uh, said, right. And I told him all about myself. I am uh, a champion, so if, uh, but I'm going to start a business and it's going to work and da-da-da. <clears throat> anyway, he said, right, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll uh, send the head office in London then. Uh, a prediction of your what you're going to earn X amount this year, okay. X amount next year. So he told a bit of a, hmm. you know, but he, he thought he was, he thought it would work, right? Came back and said, We'll give you the mortgage, and uh, which uh, was 35 grand wow. then, yeah. right? Which is a lot of money then, but and I kicked off doing it, and it. Everybody in those days, there was no uh, internet mm. to buy. Everybody knew me as well, and other people. I'm not the only one, but they knew Pete. Oh, go see Pete for a wetsuit, and it jumped. Yeah. And um, then, uh, 10 years later, it was booming. And this property here, where we are sitting now, was the village shop. Oh, yeah. And... Um, I said to my lovely wife, I said, God, we've got to buy this place. It's the best place in the village. There's a church, a pub, and a shop. That's it. Right? So you get drunk, you could go surfing, you could be buried in a church, whatever you want. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we came up, and uh, I don't mind telling you this uh, live, and it was up for 250 grand, right? This is in 1992. I thought, shit, 250 grand. Oh, I can't afford that. No way, right? And then uh, I tried to put it out of my mind. I won't, I can't buy this. And uh, six months later, still on the market, nobody got it. And there were just fee businesses started mm -hmm. to grow a bit. You know, and I'm down the road, a little one. But I wanted a big one. So, you know, <laughs> I wanted a big one. <laughs> Some people are born lucky. Um, no, say, anyway, so I said, uh, anyway, six months later, it wasn't for sale. It was still up for sale, sorry. So I came in and I said to the man here, how much is it? So I dropped the price. He said, 180, 70 grand less. I thought, shit. Mm. So I went down talk to your mum about it, did our sums, still can't afford it, fuck, oh, fuck, I got it, anyway, about nine months, nobody bought it, this lovely spot, so, nine months later, I came in again, and the man who owned it, Paul and Pauline, was an English ex-army old guy, right, uh, and it was the village shop, and a chip shop, and, but he'd had enough of it. Mm -hmm. He was quite old, wanted to uh, give it up, retire. So 150, he said. I thought, shit. So I went back down. And we had our house valued down the road. And it was valued at 120, our house. So I came up with an idea. I thought, right. I don't want anybody else to buy this. And I don't want to wait to sell ours. So I came up with an idea. I came in. Saw old man Paul. I said, what about this? I said, we'll, our house down the road is valued at 120. We'll buy this and I'll give you 30 grand and our house, which makes it 150. He said, okay. <laughs> Shook my hand. 
So all I had to do was add 30 to my mortgage then. Mm-hmm. And we bought it. And he, he moved down there for two years. Then he sold it and disappeared. But I got this property. Somebody else would have whammed in yeah. quick. No. And and I, I'm not saying life's would be uh, any worse or whatever. But I've always felt, you know, destiny or whatever for yeah. you guys. Destiny doing this, you know. Destiny might make a big movie one day, mm. you know. So it's handed me a lot of stuff. And James... Uh, I'm not as cosmic as well, man. <laughs> That's because you didn't spend the 60s in California smoking yeah, yeah. pure weed. Yeah. <laughs> and music. I mean, I love playing my guitar. I yeah. love doing that. Side of me that was surfing took over a little bit. You know, I love strumming and yeah. you know. So when so on that of you you starting up here, when did the official first surf line start up? That was down the road was in nineteen ninety one that was. Yeah. But people had been ringing me for God, how old are you then, James? We had, used to have um, we used to have old tape answer machine. That's so right. people would phone yeah. the house number and the tape would just go round. We used, they used to oh, burn well. out. They yeah. would, because <laughs> yeah. it would just be going all day long. Just yeah, people ringing so up to just ringing the house, yeah. to find out what the surf site. So dad yeah. used to record it on the answer machine message. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it was free. Yeah, yeah, just phone the house, oh, and it would just and it would just loop, and it would literally ring all yeah. day and all night. Wait, yeah. and is that so? Then, so that's where the expression surf line came from yeah well surf line yeah in the early days not expression telebrand yeah across my mind whatever you want to call it yeah but uh yeah so i thought i fed up with picking up the phone all the time people saying all right but what do what's a surf like i don't know who i am but bloody we still don't answer the phone now <laughs> it does I it rings it. all day long <laughs> so it's that it's that sort of started again yeah. but we just ignore it now what's that fucking noise yeah. <laughs> text yeah. us so we can delete those yeah. do you remember Jake when I uh, rang a BT in London I'd like a premium rate number he said oh yes you can have a premium rate number yes I'll come and see you in Swansea he took a train down one of the BT managers and in those days, premium rate numbers in the sort of late 80s, 90s, was all different. They mm. were, hi, yeah. hello, hello, <laughs> how are you? How are you? Are you feeling good? <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling good. A lot of experience. So, anyway, he said, right, he said, uh, we'll give you a premium rate number, we'll give you a gold number, which uh, in those days, it was 0898 and who wants to be a millionaire number on TV was 0898444444. So I had a very <laughs> close <laughs> number to that. But, uh, well, either way, so it was a win. You were going to get a wave or some yeah. money. But <laughs> there was a but with it, wasn't there? Because you had to buy the number. Yeah, I had to buy the number. And I said, Whereas nowadays, nowadays, they're free. Yeah. You know, you okay, can get okay, a premium yeah. rate number. But so, Yeah, in 1992, I said, yeah, he, uh, no, 91, 1990. He said, I said, how much to have it? And Cara and I were sitting in Swansea in a cafe having a meeting with a BT boss. And he said, well, it's, it's going to cost you 10 grand a year. I thought, fucking hell, 10 grand, 200 quid a week. 
Um, Caroline, she's looking at me. I'm looking at her. Shall I do it? Shall we sign a contract for a year? She said, well, if it doesn't work, we'll give it up. Mm. And um, so I did. And in those days, all the figures, every week I'd get BT figures. Right. Right? And they'd come in. First week, I thought, shit, have I got to pay them? You know, like 200 quid a week, I had to pay to have it. <clears throat> anyway, it came in, 264 quid it made. So I thought, fuck, great. I've got 64 quid for doing that, you know. But within a couple of years, it jumped. It was doing well. It didn't make me rich, but yeah. it was good money. But it sounds fun, easy. It is easy, but every day for 22 Twice years. Twice a day. I would get up, out of bed here, where we are now, drive down to the beach, right? Eight o'clock, raining, windy, winter, December. Mm. Phone in then, come back up here, phone in, did did codes. Hello again, off we go with Surfline Early Morning Report. This is Pete Jones, your roving surf reporter. And I used <laughs> to do it like that. And it was fun, and it made about five years later, it was making really good money, but then it started to dip, okay. and in a way, I'm glad mm. we gave it up. You did it. I did it for ages, yeah. But it's a commitment that takes you 20 minutes to do it. So right? We'd always but need two people here, yeah. because yeah. in the summer when it was heaving, we'd always drive down and check it, so we had to make sure there was someone here to cover yeah. the shop. Yeah. And seven days a week, you know, every morning yeah. at seven o'clock, you'd be up, it'd be done. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it it, it became yeah. more yeah, of a chore. You can't chore. do anything. You can't go away. You can't, unless no. there's someone yeah, to holiday, cover it. So if dad was away, I had to yeah. you know, make sure yeah. I was yeah. here. Cause and when people, you were doing it, was he critiquing your style of no, how you've no, done it? No, <laughs> no, no. Straight. No, I used, really I used like to that. try and speak a bit slower to make a bit more money. But it was just the tie of it. And people believe... They, you know, they. It was only Dad and I that really could do it because yeah. if my sister did it, they'd go. Yeah, you know, even yeah, though she yeah, knows what she's know. looking they at when she checks us. away, yeah. they knew. Yeah, we were looking at it, mm -hmm. and it was legit yeah. report. You yeah. know, it wasn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and it, the surf shop, a lot, it's a proper surf shop. Like I think the location's amazing, and yeah. you've been super busy. Like even since we've been sat here, I don't know how many times you've been out there. Yeah, most of them have been yeah, working, looking for sandwiches. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I should have kept that fucking village shop open. I'm pretty confident you just sold yeah. three dry robes while we've been sat here. Oh, by the way, dry robes are available. Dry robes. Yeah. Right here. Formerly known as a tower. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, what about, you know, the surfing down this spot? Obviously, this week I've grown up surfing. How is it as a spot? Big community here? Yeah, or? Um, yes. It's really close to Swansea and there's a lot of little, like, Langland's really core. Um, so it's only like 20 minutes. So there's a, you know, there's a really good surf community, Gower surf community. There's like a hardcore yeah. community. And then there's like a new community of surf, a, a surf generation, like the ones that don't know probably Tom Curran is, yeah. you know? So yeah. there's, um, you know, that's changed quite a lot, but the university, there's a lot of surfers every year, this time of year start to appear. Um, but the students and stuff tend to go to Caswell and like other spots. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much space here. It's such a big beach yeah, that great. you don't, it, you know, it does get rammed. Don't get me wrong. Like everywhere, the waves were really good on Monday and it was, you know, it was pretty yeah. crowded up the north yeah. end of the beach. But yeah, it's, you know, it's an indicator spot like Bude. 
um, cried, you know, fistral. It fixes yeah, dead okay. west. It picks yeah, up any sort spot. of swell in the Atlantic. So, yeah, but being a peninsula, spot. there's always somewhere to go. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if the swell's big and windy, there's always a little nook somewhere that will yeah. have a cleaner wave or you yeah. Know, but yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I just want to get. I, I'm looking for. I was going to say, although I live here, Langland is where I was born. So yeah. So it was Langland in 1967, uh, summer of 1967. I went down from Bishop Gorgas. I was captain of the swimming team. Mm-hmm. And one guy nagged me all day long down on the beach. It was midsummer, lovely and warm. And he said, Pete, have a go on my surfboard. Because I didn't choose it. And I said, no, I don't want to have a go. This is how it started. So... He said, go on, Pete, have a go. So I, he gave me an old Bilbo, nine foot long, a real old log. <coughs> I remember paddling out, so the front row swimmer, quite quick, although I'm little. I paddled out, turned this board around. He said, what do I do, what do I do? He said, oh, catch the white water, stand up and do this. So I remember white water hit me. I bounced along, I jumped up, like, you know, Neanderthal style. And that moment, for me, I thought, shit, I love this. Yeah. So it was weird because people now choose surfing, but surfing, the waves, if you like, got me. Yeah. Without me going to get it, I was in the water, didn't want to surf because well, I was swimming and I was going to be a PE teacher this just before I went. And, you know, and I thought, shit, I love this. And uh, so that's how surfing hit me really it's amazing how it grabs yeah. us all isn't it everyone's got that yeah. unique sort yeah. of end yeah. to it. i can't yeah. remember see learning no. you know because i started so young so yeah. i don't have that feeling yeah. of it, it was just it, always you know, there it's yeah. kind of always been I mean, there it sounds like you were pretty life. much born on a surfboard yeah so you know just <laughs> yeah so i i don't know any different in yeah, that for sense, sure, yeah. you know yeah. obviously i know the feeling of yeah, what it you know what it gives me, but uh, um, you are a natural ripper, James. I don't know why. The bigger the waves get, <laughs> the better you get. Well, you two guys, you're on the bigger same waves. amount of sorry, you're on the same amount of titles. Is it? Are you like I need yeah, to get one more? Are you quite competitive? He's won Europe. I've never been European champion. That's yeah, the, but yeah. like, you know, but it's all different. Doesn't matter anyway. Doesn't matter. You you yeah, have a, nice you have a sit here and these stories he comes out because I imagine people come in here just to hear his stories. Are they? Right. They're quite. They are quite good. Have you, <laughs> <laughs> did you ever sit there and go? I never knew that about you. No, to be, no, to be honest, I think so, I've heard them all by now. <laughs> the, the, what, what's really cool, though, is... Uh, have you seen Busting Down the Door? No. The, 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 oh, the yeah, rabbit yeah. documentary yeah. about when they were all held up in Hawaii and the, the who he wanted to kill. Okay. Um, well, yeah. what's rabbit. It? Rabbit, MR. Not rabbits, the one they were. Yeah, but who was... Yeah, yeah. But the uh, rabbit, MR, there was... Uh, who's, Pete Townend. Who was the uh, other Australian uh, guy? Uh, Bruce Cregan. No, the Brian Cregan. Uh, Brian Cregan. Oh, there was Pete an, there, Rabbit. There was another Australian guy. Anyway, so uh, Ian what, Cairns. Ian Cairns. Yeah, that's it. Ian, Ian Cairns. Cairns. So this, the documentary, the film called Busting Down the Door, is brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, it's definitely it's worth a watch. Yeah, but okay. yeah. whilst they were held up and they had contracts out on their heads, you know, the Hawaiians had really they were there was this big war between Hawaii and Australia. Yeah. And in the flat above was Dad, Steve Daniels, Nigel Sermons, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Blissfully unaware. But it was it was that you know it was that 
era. Yeah, of, you know, of like, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know we could feel a, a mood when you walked on the beach. If I had locals, a mood, you know. Well, you were surfing and somewhere, weren't you? I went out on my own one morning next to sunset. Kami's a peak left. Uh, big peak, a right and a left. And I God, one day I was early in the morning and uh, sitting there. I looked to my left quick and there was two big Hawaiian guys sitting where you are, about six feet away. So I looked at them. I sort of, hmm, hello, hello, all right. One of them said, true story, he said, where the fuck are you from, man? <laughs> I said, Wales. He said, where the fuck is Wales? He said, you got England, Scotland, Ireland, and Wales. Oh, you're uh, Great Britain or something. He said, I can't even remember. He said, and they paddled off. Didn't think of it. If I'd been an Aussie, if I said I was yeah. an Aussie, because I looked like an Aussie, I had long hair, I was brown, I was fit, you know. Not Hawaiian, basically. We were all going in and out of the water, and I only saw, I didn't see rabbit turn up much but rabbit's a lovely guy he's a poor australian guy started a family with no money and became world champion jumped and he trained there all the time and probably when you're training you just grab every wave yeah all the training you go in grab grab but that film busting down the door is about them yeah becoming professional right yeah and it's it's that Um, era that dad was in hawaii 76 77 Because the following year, you were invited to the Duke. So I yeah. dad was the yeah. first yeah. European surfer yeah. to be invited to a big, you know, the, the yeah. Duke was but the I predecessor no to the ADI yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So didn't it was go. Like, and, it's in, and it's invite <laughs> only. So, yeah, you know, right. Uh, yeah, was, uh, you know, that was, yeah, that, in fact, the poster's up there. The original poster from the Smirnoff Luxie in Hawaii. Yeah, oh, wow. Can you see it, that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Eddie Icow on the poster. That's Eddie Icow. So, that's so yeah, there's lots cool. of yeah. uh, stuff going on. You know? Yeah, totally. But, um, and Graham Nile as well. I mean, I won't tell you that story. <laughs> <laughs> Summer for the after ten o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like this is this is the type of shop where I think the true sh- surf um, shop feel where you can come in and listen to the stories yeah. all day long, yeah. and I think. We could go on all day, but I think I just heard a battery beeping. Uh, it's about six minutes left. I'm going to have to buy a bigger I SD card. Myself, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to do part two. <laughs> <laughs> well, what we could finish on is we always like to ask us a couple of set questions. We do ask, and we like to find out about best wave or best surf experience and worst wave or worst wipeout. Ooh. I'll start with best. Mine, mine are quite easy, I think. So... Uh, best wave when I was 16 I was in the Quicksilver Pro Junior um, in uh, Cabreton and I was with like all the top Australian boys Taj Burrow was in, in my heat wow. um, Danny Wills Nathan Webster like all the, the greats yeah. you know of, of that time the American kids there and, and in those days there weren't many Pro Juniors there was only a couple of them and um, I was sponsored by Quicksilver I was staying with the Quicksilver team and I was in my heat and uh, I had four waves and I got barreled from takeoff and spat out oh. and I won the heat. So without doing a manoeuvre. So that oh. was like, yeah, and I've actually, <laughs> I've actually got a photo because there's a famous photo- photographer who was shooting Taj in the, in the heat. 
and he got a photo because it was sponsored by Quicksilver. It was put in the Quicksilver brochure, a big double page of me in the tube, but there's a, it's around oh, here somewhere on the wall. <laughs> and um, that was quite cool because as I was walking up the beach, they were calling out the results because there was no computers then, yeah. so you'd hear it. And uh, I was walking up the beach and Mickey Pecan and all those boys were all part of the Quicksilver team. And uh, they said, you know, in fourth place, so-and-so from Spain, in third place, so-and-so from France, I think it was. And in second place, they said from Australia, Taj Burrow. And then they went in first place from... Wales, (laughs) (laughs) Wales, <laughs> <laughs> and all the boys were like hooting and screaming, and I hadn't actually done a manoeuvre. It was that was what was quite cool, you know. So basically, so, you're saying your best so ever wave in a competition was your laziest one. Yeah, exactly. So that that was that was it. That was definitely it. So that was definitely it. My worst wipeout, well, I was probably um, at the sandbar in Langland. There's a big slabby left uh, right out in the middle of the bay. Yeah. And uh, it's just the water swirls and it's just heavy and horrible. And that's probably my worst wipe out out there. But uh, landed on my ribs and hurt my ribs. Um, most memorable surf would be Mandaka again. The summer, that summer, I was in France all summer. Yeah. We couldn't, um, there was no internet. And we were staying with the boys quick. So they said, oh, the swell is going to be really big next couple of days. Go to Rodiles in in northern Spain. Big left-hander couldn't our car kept breaking down so we only got to mandaka and the night before it was absolutely pan flat and we were like oh, the boys are probably getting pumping waves down the coast but we're, we're stuck here so um we slept in the car woke up in the morning and i remember again again i'm looking out in the island out the back of mandaka and just white water peeling down the side of the island so we drove down to the harbor yeah it was about eight ten foot sheet glass September it was the first day I was meant to be back in school it was September the 4th I can (laughs) remember it clearly I was with my uncle and um, one guy was getting changed so we said oh we'll get changed quick and we'll follow him out so we we know where to park yeah yeah so jumped in in the harbour paddled out and boats were getting pulled out the out the harbour because the swell was so big and there's so much water moving so um, this guy who we followed in caught a wave and went in so we surfed for like two hours, just the two of us, and like oh, amazing, all like blue skies, amazing. And then wow. we surfed there all day. We, you know, low tide. There was about six, seven people in locals, and uh, they were all really cool. And then in the evening we surfed again. And then the following day, everyone we woke up and there was about a hundred people because they'd all heard Mandaka. <laughs> yeah, all right. the time. So, tell them horrible. story. <laughs> tell them story how you got back home with Vaughan. Oh, that's, that's it's a fantastic story. His uncle Vaughan. Uh, basically, the, the short version is the car broke down every hundred yards, right, all summer. Yeah. We were driving back through France. We had to leave Hossiger four days before the ferry because we were like, it, it just kept breaking down. So we, you know, bonnet up, clean the points, just nightmare. So we get to uh, Cannes in northern France, or yeah. Ca- Cannes, Cannes. Yeah. And uh, the car just completely died. So we're walking through the town and I'm like following my uncle and I'm thinking, you know, he's like, what are we going to do? So... Didn't speak any French. Found a Nissan garage. Found out, worked out that it was the fuel pump. So, uh, got there. The car we had had never been imported into France, right? So, couldn't get any parts. So, he's like, right, I'll buy an electric fuel pump. So, it was like 500, 600 francs at the time. So, he's like, oh, not, do it, not doing that. So, he starts, he just walks off. So, I'm like, follow, <laughs> following him down the road. We're about a mile from the Nissan uh, garage. So, yeah. we're walking back to the car. So like, oh, we'll have to get a train. So in the next minute, he walks into a garden centre. So I was just like, 
strange time to go and buy plants. <laughs> so uh, so uh, in we go, and he come he comes out with two five litre jerry cans, a five litre garden uh, hand spray weed sprayer. So I said, what are you going to do with that? He said, I got an idea. So we get back to the car. He rips all of the dash and all the stuff out from the bulkhead, fills the can of fuel between my legs full of petrol. So five litres, pump it up so it's under pressure. <laughs> Took the hose thing off, pushed it through one of the holes in the bulkhead, got the rubber hose from the carb and the fuel line, stuck it on, cable tied it on, pumped it up, gave it a squirt, boom, car started. So we drove all the way back from Ken with me. How about pump it? <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> We got about 100 miles to the gallon, right? Because as it would, as it would splatter, yeah. it gave it a little squirt. Off we go. So we go down the motorway, like pumping the pressure because the pressure was going. And we drove from there all the way back to Clangana. Can you imagine health and safety? Yeah. Well, he had I had petrol between his legs. We had five litres either side, oh, you know, amazing. 10 litres and then five litres between the legs. Well, but we got a all cost saving, you know. I've actually got a selfie. It must be one of the earliest selfies because they had a disposable <laughs> camera and I got a photo of me with like driving That's back, epic. you know. So. And it melted, didn't it? Yeah, all the seals Pipe. went by the time we were, we were high as kites. <laughs> we were high as kites because oh. we had all yeah, the windows open and it was just, we had all the yeah. fuel in the car. <laughs> but, so yeah, it got us back. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. That's what about um, Best Wave? Ooh, that's a tough one. Best you don't have wave. to name the location, though. Ooh, I don't really know my best wave. Mm, probably one in Langland. Your first wave. Best wave. Yeah, you said. probably your first wave. Because if it, without no, that one, I was going to say. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be that yet. <laughs> or J Bay. I had a wave. Oh, J Bay in nineteen seventy-eight. I uh, drove down there from East London, and it was perfect. Six foot with about six guys in the water. And uh, had a right peeled all the way through. Uh, so probably that was okay. my, not my best wave. I think I had a wave in Scotland, Thurso East, a uh, perfect right-hander in a heat in the British, not in the European. Perfect. Uh, so that's another one. Probably my <coughs> best and another one. You're going to tell us all <laughs> your ways. Been around so. a while. <laughs> I, will, I, will get, I will give it to Langland, Langland Point on a big day okay. with a northerly wind mm. offshore from outside to the sand. Oh, Probably that's yeah. uh, my best way. How about your uh, worst? Worst. Worst wipeout or worst, worst surf experience? Probably uh, in Sunset Beach, uh, big set. No leash, bang! You hit the water. Waves probably about twelve foot. I call it. Oh, I don't call it six foot, mm. eight foot, but big. Held under, you know. And I thought, shit. And you're moving around, swimming around. You're not actually going. You don't know if you're going up, but you open your eyes in the water in Hawaii, and you can see. So you push up to the top. Go, <gasps> Just get enough. Breath, probably a white worst wipeout. But you know, I've had a lot, so many waves to yeah. say what was the best. So many wipeouts. I've had bangs. I cut my leg, cut my eye. I've had other stuff. 
Okay, and then, you know, I guess to finish off, if people want to find you, come in and just hear some stories. Talk don't. About <laughs> don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you do, please bring alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> There's a pub opposite. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we've got so many stupid stories. Yeah, you could go on for another couple I of could. hours. People you meet, it's people I've met. You yeah. Know? It's just, you know, a friend of mine, shall I tell him this, you've heard this, Went to California and married uh, a girl, a friend of mine. I made him a board uh, like a year before. He said, Pete, we're coming back. We're coming. <laughs> do you want me to stop? No, no, you oh. can finish it. We'll do the, we'll do the podcast bit. We'll just finish that. It's that, that one's still good. Yeah, that's all right. right. We, uh, ca- uh, he came back from California and he said, uh, I'm going to have a little ceremony in Ferry Hill Hotel, which is about two miles away and really classy. He said, will you come with Carol? Anyway, I said, okay, we'll go. Anyway, we were late going there, knocked on the door of the hotel. The hotel door opened. The owner of the hotel, who knows me, said, I thought you'd be here, here, Pete. Come in quick. They're coming down the stairs. Gary and his wife. Anyway, they had a little ceremony. Gary's father looks across at me as I go in. And Gary, in a loud voice, says, Ah, you made it, Pete. I said, in a loud voice, said, Sorry I'm late, everybody. And anyway... He said the words, and the father walked past me, he sat right behind me. And as he walked past, I thought, oh, I know that face. And I nudged the only other Welsh guy who was invited, Tim Allen. Tim, I said, uh, Nell, her name, uh, Nell's father, looks like Paul Newman. It is, he said. <laughs> so I said, shit, Paul Newman, oh, we, and Carol, I nudged my lovely wife, she said, shut up, I'm talking. I said, i got to tell you something, love, i got to tell you something. Shut up, I said, got to tell you. She said, what do you want to tell me? Uh, Gary's, uh, Nell's father is Paul Newman. Carol went red and, uh, but so... We spent a whole evening, Paul Newman and his wife, uh, you know, Joanne Woodward. And then the other one, it's a lot of people <laughs> you're going to interview. <laughs> what about Prince Charles? That's the one. <laughs> King Charles. King Charles. Prince Charles. If you're going to tell us the picture of him you surfing was with you. No, <laughs> no. You went to Buckingham Palace we, and cocktails. We were in, <laughs> he invited in nineteen seventy eight. Uh, Prince Charles was patron of the British Surfing Association, so he invited all the champions from Britain and all the officials, you know, about 20 of us uh, and Jersey to go to Buckingham Palace. So it was me, Linda Sharp, you'll have to interview Linda, Pete Bounds and uh, Rowling, because he was a... We got a, a green Merc... Right, so we we hired it July. It was July, early July, seventy-eight. We drove to Buckingham Palace. Can you imagine Buckingham Palace in July? Tourists everywhere. Mm. We're all in a Merc, pulled up at the gate. We got a special pass. Everybody looks at us. So boom, we stop there. The you know the uh, police there. The big what do you call those guys with the big? Oh uh, yeah, beefy yeah, guys, beef aren't they? Or whatever they are. Stop yeah. us, boom. Show us the the uh, pass. In we go. So we drove in. I thought, Christ, they must have thought we were the Beatles or something going in there. <laughs> Into the middle square you can't yeah. see from Buckingham Palace. Up the stairs we go. And we're all in this. We're in the room. It's very informal. It's not seats or anything. Just there. We've got champagne handed out and caviar and little things. 
And anyway, so I started with Graham Nile, Pete Bowens, myself, uh, just chatting, three of us, and everybody has Nigel Simmons, and Steve Daniel were there, they were in another group. Anyway, I look behind, and Prince Charles just walks in, and he comes right round, me, Graham, we got big moustaches, Graham's got a huge, I got a bigger touch than I got now, and, and Pete Bowens got a big moustache, and I'll never forget this, it was so funny. So I bowed, I shook his hand, he said, I, I've noticed, he said, a lot of you surfers have moustaches. Do they keep you warm in the winter? <laughs> <laughs> That's what Prince Charles said. Was, well, Graham Nile from Cornwall bursts out laughing. It's got a massive <laughs> cackle laugh. Pete Bowen's going to laugh. And I'm standing there. And now he's the king. So I think that was a fabulous moment, you know. Yeah. That, uh, so surfing has given me loads of... Loads it's it's given you a life of stories, hasn't it? Yeah. It's just given you a life <laughs> of stories. And it here, we've had people come in here, but I won't tell you those stories, but other very famous people, you know, wandering. And, mm. who's, look, yeah. You've got to give us, who's the most famous person that's come in here? Most C- current Doctor Who. Which the, which the, the, which the last um what's her name the the oh Jodie Whittaker Jodie Whittaker yeah. yeah and she bought PJ's hoodies for her whole family oh, oh nice there's amazing. a photo down on the beach with them all wearing yeah. PJ's hoodies <laughs> <laughs> cool yeah. that, that, that was quite cool yeah. she's probably the most famous current yeah. you know like Jodie Whittaker what yeah. about the um singer the oh yeah, oh yeah, she's quite yeah. famous. As well. She, uh, which one? It was in January. It's pouring with rain. The door was shut, and the bell rang. I, down I come, and I open the door. And it's a lovely, pretty lady comes in. She's only shortish, like uh, five foot five. Anyway, she's smiling all the time. She said, "Oh, hello, hello." I said, oh, "Hello." She said, uh, "Have you got any of your uh, rash vests with your logo on it?" <clears throat> said, no, I've ordered them, I said, but uh, I keep looking at it, I keep thinking, I know this place. She said, I'll give you my phone number, Catherine Jenkins. No. Well, singer. Guess, which, guess what phone number he lost? So if anyone out there is listening to this who's got her mobile number, she's getting contact. She was lovely, but I did go backwards a bit because she said, do you like music? I said, oh, you've got the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. I said, I love playing my guitar and, you know, I do uh, sing now and again, believe it or not. And she said, oh, well, go and get your guitar. I'll sing with you. So I, I went, no, no, I'm not doing that. I went backwards. So I thought, I should have, though. should have. Devastating. She's got a... You say, go and get your guitar, sing with you. I don't like condoms either. Do you think the only thing that would make that Buckingham Palace story better is that? when you drove in, if it had been a yeah. new Nissan and you were pumping the fuel <laughs> yeah. on the way in. It's unbelievable. It's like... Spy, though, I'm sure. He's like a Treasure <laughs> Island man. He can make anything. He can make yeah. electricity. He can do this, do that. <laughs> Amazing. But he is very, very yeah, uh, talented at fixing things. Guys, it's been absolutely incredible to speak to you, and I feel like we could go on, but the, I've heard both SD cards go beep-beep-beep now, so they're uh, yeah. full up <laughs> with time. I've like got a recording. We can, see, we can carry on audio, but there'll be no visual. It's lovely for you to put up with me. It's been a pleasure. James. 
It's this is what we, you know, as a show for us, like we shouldn't be talking. What you know, we'll maybe steer a conversation yeah. or whatever. But really, if we can just go, yeah. I in my head, I was thinking how cool a part of the sort of film would be if me and you just put the microphones down and left. <laughs> telling your stories as if we're here that's gold it's been amazing uh, sorry about that guys. no 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 don't, honestly <laughs> no, don't need to apologise so where, where can people find you online and whereabouts is your uh, address we have, here we've got a little online shop we're not that tacky yeah. uh, but it's uh, pjsurfshop.com um, and I don't even know our mobile number. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it is out there somewhere. If you Google it, <laughs> it will come up. But don't phone us unless you want to spend lots of money. <laughs> and then whereabouts are we based? What's the address uh, of this place? We're in Clanganeth, um, about 20 minutes outside Swansea. So for anybody that's not Welsh, that's the one that starts with yeah. LL. Which right pronounced on the Cla- end of the Cla- 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 Yeah. Amazing, Jess. Now, thank you very much for your time. That's been a genuine pleasure. Much appreciated. Thank you very much. Awesome. Aloha. Aloha. Well, fucking hell. (laughs) 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 What else do we say to that? (laughs) What a legend. What else? I I feel like like we could have just sat there for uh, it was literally i think we were running out of battery power weren't we and we were like we, we gotta stop we gotta stop because well, we t- we're plugged into the mains though that's the thing yeah no i mean that like running out of sd card sd card space on all the cameras it, and everything everything was running out and like james didn't even get a look in for the first well god knows how long it was I remember it being somewhere around 22 to 23 minutes because i i think there was a point we looked at each other and we were like this is gold. Like I've never <laughs> asked somebody to introduce himself when they've ended up filming their own episode. <laughs> it, was a, it was it was literally another one of those ones like Swanee, wasn't it, where we could have not even been there and it would have got the same episode. <laughs> oh, big time. And honestly though, what what a pair of absolute legends. I mean, yeah. firstly, we were made to feel so welcome. Like we've said this a lot about the Wales trip, right? Like yeah. but we were made to feel super welcome. I feel like I felt like and Klangeneth. Klangeneth, is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, so Yeah. Right. I felt like where where the surf school was, which is a really cool setup, it's kinda of like, I don't know, I felt like I was in an episode of Heartbeat or something. <laughs> it was a very quaint little village and I remember there'd been loads of sheep yeah. out the front as well when we arrived. Yeah. Um, but you know, they gave us a tour. Racist <laughs> <laughs> They gave us a tour. We got drinks. We got yeah. drinks. I mean, it was like a little carton of orange juice. Yeah, <laughs> felt like I was getting my packed luncheon off to school. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, what a pair of legends! Yeah. Like, super nice, super, super welcoming, and an amazing location they've got there as well. Yeah, by yeah. that beach, really nice guys, and like their accolades. I mean, there's too many to read out, but if you go, we'll put a link on this episode to on the. Um, on the Spotify and on the YouTube to their website, and you can read through them. They're like both national champions. I think, I think it was one that he said like uh, his dad's won one more than him, but it's one he'll never be able to do or something. Because it, yeah, I, I can't actually remember what it was. I, I think they had won all the same accolades, and and he hadn't got one that his dad had got. And I want to say it was a UK national one. I can't quite remember yeah, off my I head, which remember. is annoying. There was there was so much going on in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But then like the. <laughs> the best thing that I think in there was that surfboard on the ceiling. I mean, like, it's, like you said, you haven't seen that film, but the film, uh, chasing Mavericks, I thought it was a brilliant mm-hmm. film. And like Jay Moriarty, who it's about that board to see that board. It was like, 
you know, it's like one of those. Oh, yeah, yeah, look, that's well screwed to the ceiling. That is, <laughs> believe me, I tried. <laughs> there was a lot of memorabilia in there as well, yeah, and just people like just... coming in and out constantly as well while we were like recording. And like, well, that, that was it in the intro. Um, <laughs> it intro on for so long that I think the door was answered three times yeah. if I remember maybe even four yeah. which you can see if you watch the video you'll see yeah you see just James just leaving and then coming back and leaving and coming back still had a chance to speak or say hello or introduce himself yeah. and it was almost like we were so far into it with PJ's yeah. intro that it almost seemed odd James doing an intro because yeah. it's like we're well established now <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I mean if you're going that way uh, just check out that surf shop it's absolutely brilliant surf shop and they're so lovely and by all means give yourself an extra hour or two because if you start asking questions you will get answers and stories like like everybody we had in well in welsh everyone in welsh we had everyone in wales just stories 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 and they just carry on going and speaking it's absolutely fantastic and honestly the these two i think we've spoken about this before but when we were putting out the calls of who should we have on the show yeah, these were the names that came up yeah. more than more than anyone, anything. and these are yeah. genuine legends. I mean, who the fuck do you know that was just hanging out with Jerry Lopez? <laughs> people oh, like that, you know, like the people that came on the show before you were here, you know, like um, John Philbin and uh, mm. Matt Adler. You know, they hang out with him when they film North Shore. That's you know, but just a testament of you know what what he's done no i'm just i'm just proving you wrong that i know other people that have hung out with him as well Uh, (laughs) you're the only one that's not hung out with him mate we all have we'll meet up every week which is like don't invite the scottish surfer (laughs) yeah yeah so what you've been up to anything good well mate yeah super busy as always you know with we had the the vouchers obviously for lost shore yeah um which actually flown off the shelf been amazing um, well, you know, stop that. Just launch the Christmas ones this week as well. Yeah. Um, actually, listen to the feedback. People wanted individual surf vouchers. You know, for one um, surf or one lesson, whatever you want. Yeah. It's obviously a a, a big investment. Strong word. It's a big purchase if you've never surfed before to yeah. come somewhere and you have to spend the hundred quid, hundred and fifty quid. So, yeah. with the individual ones, get you know, prevent that barrier, allow people to come and surf, and. Just honestly looking forward to opening. It's it's so exciting. So much going on. Yeah. Um, and I've been able to surf on my doorstep. Oh, like, and you've had said, snow. You had snow as well, didn't you? We had snow, right? And I don't know if anyone saw. I'll put it up. The I uh, found a guy outside with a surfboard that looked identical to mine, and he had the same sponsors as me, which is mental. And he was a snowman or a snow person, um, and. This is a couple of days ago. I actually went for a surf with him today and we paddled out together. He done one duck dive. I've not seen him since. <laughs> you, you were going to an absolute dickhead. <laughs> I actually, oh, do you know what? The reason I, I said that is because I, I, I was thinking about it this morning when I went out for a surf. I was like, because somebody built that snowman in my car park just down there. Uh, I had a night in the van, eh? So I was like, do you know what? I'm actually going to get his remnants put like some of the snow on the board they actually make them do a duck dive and then just leave like the carrot yeah. and the two sticks for arms on the board and be like dave 
<laughs> I just I couldn't be asked. The waves were so good. I just wanted to go surf. Oh, amazing, amazing. But well, I tell you what did happen. Yeah. Uh, today, so we. I think I don't know about probably down your way. Maybe you're the same, but maybe it's because you don't just don't get the time to go for a surf. I don't know, but the last few years, our winters on the east coast have been shit. Like so poor yeah. for surf. Summers have been even worse. I think it's literally it's the curse of like starting a podcast, starting a podcast, and all the surf just went nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Um, so this winter has been amazing. Like I've honestly surfed here in Cali Caldi so much, like yeah. at least once a week. Yeah, I had two sessions today, and I won't say who he is, but a friend of the show. Um, remember the guy that offered us his van? Yeah, in Scotland trip. Yeah, yep. He. Uh, I'm not sure what I'm saying. He was a really good surfer. Like, I mean, seriously, with triple overhead charger, you know? Yeah. And I remember where it was, but he got battered, like properly battered by locals, like fucking bellends. Yeah. And he's not surfed since, like eight years. Um, And when I first met him, it's turned out the guy had followed me on Instagram for a while. And I met him, we just got on, and he was sort of telling me a story, and he's built up this, obviously... I guess picture in his head yeah. of you know surfing, surfing. That's why I can't go because it was surfing at Donut, something along them lines. So yeah. he's not been able to. And um, when I when I decided today, when I was looking out the window, I was like, right, fuck it, I'm going. I'm having a, an hour off. And I'm going to go for a surf. At that point, his van drove past the window, and I was like, fucking messaged him. I was like, mate, let, let's get in the water right now. I'm going for a surf. Like, come with me. Just me and you. There's no one else about. And he did. And fucking brilliant. Again, it's absolutely class, mate. And it was, so honestly, it looked about shoulder high at best from the window. Yeah. We both stood there at face level as well and still looked about shoulder high. There was plenty of gaps in the sets. There was a big swell coming in, supposedly. Yeah. <clears throat> plenty of gaps in the sets to paddle out. Paddled out. It was fucking relentless. Probably head and a half, maybe. Yeah. It was massive and fair play. To, like, I was like, fucking hell. There was, again, one of them days where there's no out back. Yeah. Because you get to what you think is out back and there's just a bigger set waiting yeah. <laughs> waiting to, t- to take you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he made it out and he's on this proper old retro board that like you'd love it, um, yeah. uh, which he had as a kid. So he managed to get out, made it out. Like, having not surfed for eight years, that was a big feat. I've been surfing loads. I'm pretty surf fit at the minute. Yeah. And uh, I was like, this is, this is hard work. It's nonstop. Got out, got a wave, um, and then then he came in, but he got a wave. But it was brutal, honestly. And I was like, that's amazing. Like, eight years. Yeah. And gone out. And on a day like that, that's hard for any surfer. Yeah. Let alone been that long out of the water. So honestly, like, I I feel really good that he's been able to do that, and I've been yeah, able to share that with him. Brilliant. So yeah, absolutely awesome. Well, I think uh, you can hear more about our antics and uh, what we've been up to and stuff on our buy me coffee. If you want to hear any of that, so that's enough for this episode. We'll see you next time. Don't forget before we go. Thank you to the sponsors of the show, Dry Robe, and also thank you to Surface Wetsuits. If you want. 10% off at Surface Wetsuits. Use the discount code UKSurfShow23 and that will get you 10% off anything you order from Surface Wetsuits. Yeah, amazing. And thank you for the support the support to, to both of them. Uh, you'll finally see we've got the affiliate link for Dry Robe as well. That'll so be going on the website, out. yeah. Yeah, and we'll get that up in the stories if you want to use it. Yeah. Um, I have to finish off with a huge 
and I mean a monstrous congratulations to Lucas Skinner coming second in the under sixteen world juniors in the ISA what? like world <laughs> world juniors. I mean that's just another level of Isn't an accomplishment. It? Like, it's not only good for Lucas, it's yeah. obviously good for Lucas. It's amazing for Ben. It's amazing for the whole family. Yeah. But for for UK surfing as a whole, what Lucas is doing right now is is starting the pathway yeah. for everyone. It's putting attention back on UK surfing yeah. for a sponsor level, for an affiliate level, for an investment level. And I just think, man, that's fucking epic what you've done. Absolutely yeah. kudos. Brilliant. Absolutely kudos. So yeah, that's it. Thanks again for to PJs and uh, we will see you next time. Can you see what's happening on the screen? I can see what's watch, happening on the screen. Watch, oh no, which one? No, no, wait, wait. What did I just do? <laughs> that was it. Oh, so see that happening? Every time I'm yeah. sitting like this, that's what's been happening. It's not doing it now. Right, let's pump this, this party. <laughs>